Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Welcome to church. Again, my name is Caleb, and um, I prepared a message for us this morning called Reimagining Religion. And um, it's a bit different, and it comes from this conversation that Kim and I had probably about a week ago, and it was, um, I don't know, it was late one night, and I sort of jumped into bed. You know one of those days when you just like kind of flop into bed, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, good, finally, this couldn't have come sooner. I got into bed, and then I, I'm lying in bed, and I'm like, oh, no. And then Kim's like, what? And I'm like, I haven't read my Bible today. And she's like, how, how good's that pastor saying, oh, I haven't read, like, oh, no, I haven't read my Bible today as if it was a chore. Sorry, guys, I'll repent right now the sign of the cross. But you know that thought, it's like, oh man, I haven't read my Bible yet. And Kim's like, babe, I don't know if you should beat yourself up about this. Don't be too religious. And then my response was, yeah, I agree, but I need this. Yeah, I agree, but my flesh needs this. I agree, but some areas of my life need to be religious. <laughs> We've kind of distanced ourselves from religion it's kind of like that ad on TV. Have you seen that ad on the TV? It's for the drink ad, and you know they're like, um, oh, what is it? It's like, why do you drink it? Or it's like, you know, I just drink it because Big Terry drinks it. And then it zooms over to Big Terry. I never said I liked it, you know. It's a bit like that when someone calls us religion. It's like, whoa, I'm not associated with that. Well, that's not who I am. But if we look at what religion is, it, the best definition that I could find is this. It's a body or a group of persons adhering to a particular set of beliefs and practices. My religion is Christian. One of the things says, uh, another, tra- another definition of it says, the belief and worship of a superhuman or controlling higher power, especially a personal God. I'm convinced that this higher power is the God the Bible describes It's Yahweh, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that we now know as the Trinity. This is it, God the Father, the one above and before us, God the Son, God with us, and then Holy Spirit, God in us. This is the God that I'm talking about. So by definition, I am religious. I'm religious. But why does that feel awkward? (laughs) Why does that make me feel uncomfortable to articulate that and call myself Religious, I'm not sure. In Paul's day, this is a compliment. Um, I think I preached about this a couple weeks ago, but in Acts 17, Paul stands up and goes, men of Athens, I see that you are very religious in a lot of ways. And they're like, yeah, we are, come on. And then he proceeds to tell them about Jesus. Being very religious was a compliment. Why does it kind of feel like a criticism or a critique? How times have changed. I think because we've pulled away from the idea of being religious, that that's, maybe that's why it feels awkward. But why have we, then my, my brain goes, why? Why have we done this? Why have we pulled away from the idea of being religious? Why have we distanced ourselves from this? Why, why do we blame Big Terry? Well, I've got three reasons why we've pulled away from religion, and then I've got a couple of points as to why I think we should be okay with it. Is that okay? Are we ready to start? So why have we pulled away from religion? I think the first one, as I was sort of thinking and praying about this, the first one is the atrocities that have been done in history in the name of God. Can I get an amen with that? 
I understand why people wouldn't want a part of religion when we use religion as an excuse to wage war, to kill, to do all these terrible things throughout history. Do we agree with that? The problem with this is that they do it in the name of their God. Well, <laughs> I kind of believe that there's one God. And yeah, identify that is my God, but I think the trouble becomes, and this has been coming out in a lot of things that I've been saying lately, is that God, we were created in the image of God and we haven't stopped repaying the favor. So, so the person that I am, my bent, we subconsciously create a God that looks like us. If you're a racist person, you may think that your God is racist, which is out of control, but it's what history has done, what humans have done throughout history. That's why they can wage wars in their name, of God, we need to stop creating God in our image and start creating our lives around the image of what God truly is like. So I don't blame us for pulling away from religion with the atrocities that have been done. The second thing I could think of is that we now live in an irreligious culture. It's almost like our culture of our day has outgrown religion. Would you agree with that that thinking's quite prevalent today? I feel like it's a very dangerous place when we think that we've outgrown God or that we're smarter than God because I'm reminded of Proverbs 16, 18, that pride comes before a fall. And when we think that we're proud and we think that we're smarter than God, we think that we know better than God, I think it's a very dangerous place. Our society also titles religion as a private matter. Have you ever had someone say, that, oh, that's a, that's a private thing? No, don't bring your religion here. That's a, that's a private issue. I have a major issue with that. Because my religion is, it's who I am. I can't separate my Christian Caleb from my normal Caleb. And this is before I was ever on staff as a, at a church. It's who I was. I was a Christian electrician. It's what, I wasn't an electrician and then a Christian on a Sunday, but it's who I am. My Christianity has become me. <laughs> I can't separate my religion from who I am because as I read my Bible, it reads me, and then I want to apply what it says. I don't have the luxury of keeping my religion a private matter anymore. The power of my religion, my faith system, is in its application. So my faith is who I am. You can't separate the two. The third reason I think we've pulled away from religion, and this is just my thoughts anyway, is that as a Pentecostal movement, as the Pentecostal church globally, I think we've valued relationship with Jesus over religious practices. And that's cool, but... I feel like what that's led to, it's led to where we've valued experiences and encounters over knowledge, foundations, and the application of the Bible. Would we agree? Well, we value encounter. <laughs> and we always see like the presence of God and then the, the how do I say this, the, the religion or the practices of God are enemies where really the two are great allies. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have an encounter with God within the framework of Christian practice, and I think it brings great strength when we combine the two. I think there's a balance coming, and I'm excited for it. I agree with a lot of these three reasons that I've thought because they're my three reasons that I thought of. <laughs> I don't blame you for... If you think like me, I don't blame you for pulling away from religion in some ways. But what if there was some good in it? And what if in, in some of our thoughts and trying to be progressive or trying to be new, what if we've thrown, it's a terrible analogy, but what if we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater 
And we've missed the strength and the, the power and what God wanted to do through some practices and religion to only focus on the other things. What if distancing ourselves from religion has caused followers of Jesus to become churchians rather than Christians? By churchians, I mean the full extent of is this is it. Have we become followers of experiences and encounter seekers over, creation, over new creations in Christ Jesus? Have we been changed from the inside out? Paul in Romans 7, he says this, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. I've been reading a little bit lately, though, the Passion Translation, and I just want to read for you what that verse says in there. It's really, really, really interesting translation. It says, Romans 7, again, Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. Can you see the difference? That this religion or, or that our practices, the outworking of our faith becomes a joy because truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. What if we could reimagine religion this morning? What, what if we could reimagine it? What if we, if we could make a new framework for the way that we outworked our faith? I've got two areas I want to talk about this morning that I'm going to, and you're happy to join me, I'm going to reimagine my religion. The first one is, is that I'm going to reimagine religion within relationship. You see, religion is very good at creating patterns, habits, and boundaries. I grew up in a church like this one, um, but sort of, I'm an 87 model, so in those late 80s, early 90s, my childhood was growing up in church twice a Sunday, and it was like that sort of, that Holy Spirit outpouring era. Does anyone grow up in a Pentecostal church around that time? You can understand what I'm talking about, and you know, I remember stories, um, not stories, because <laughs> I was there, I remember seeing, you know, you know people doing laps of the, the room, I don't know, there was this thing when it was cool in church to pick up a pot plant and start cutting laps of the, the building, and that was normal, that was what you'd do if you were really experiencing God. I remember these sorts of things and I remember the laughing phase and growing up and, you know, trying to sleep under the pews on a Sunday night because at school the next day. I remember this sort of things and witnessing this. And... But it didn't seem to bring lasting change in the church and in the lives of the people. It was like an experience and we kept trying to go there and bring it back and but religion is good at creating patterns, habits, and boundaries, and I think we need some in our lives. See, relationships thrive with boundaries. If you have kids, think about your kids. Your kids thrive when there's boundaries put on them. It's not to harm them, but it's to allow them to grow in the way that they should go. Marriages, I believe, thrive with boundaries. The Bible likens a marriage relationship to the relationship between Christ and the church. What about our habits? My marriage with Kim has caused me to want to change some of my habits, but it's not done out of a religious obligation and duty because a divorce would cost me half of everything I own. <laughs> it's because of my love for Kim that I want to change. And I think the biggest thing about whether we're religious or whether we use religion to experience God is the motivation of our heart and why we do it. 
If we just are religious because we want to appear to be a religious elite or we want to appear to have it all together, we want to look like we know what we're doing on a Sunday, well, that's pointless. True religion is a modification of the heart and it outworks and we put boundaries and practices in place so that we can become closer to God. There are some areas of my relationship with my wife that I'm very religious in. I religiously try and let her know that I love her. I religiously try to choose my words carefully. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> I religiously endeavor to help and support and champion her. I religiously invest time in her. I know that Kim is a quality time person, so I'm smart enough to go, okay, let's invest quality time in the relationship. If you don't deliberately invest into our relationships, they decline. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It's like that old mate that you have. <laughs> And you catch up every couple of months, and, and it's cool, but the relationship slowly starts to decline if you don't invest into it. You see, I entered into a relationship with God. It looked like me as a teenager coming to an altar and praying a prayer. But that's not the extent of my relationship with God. And the longer I've journeyed, the, real, the more I've realized that an altar experience isn't the extent, it's not all, it's not the high point, it's not the crescendo of my faith, but it takes a lot of boundaries, practice, and personal disciplines to maintain a healthy relationship with God. There are some areas of my relationship with God that I'm very religious. And you know what? I've freshly become aware that that's a good thing. I religiously read my Bible daily. <laughs> why? I'll tell you why because I want to build my life on a biblical foundation. I want to position my life, my heart, and my mind to hear from God. I get this question a lot. What's it like working at a church? And I find it real funny that their perception is that, I'm not sure how this practically works, but I think their perception is that we all have each office so we can all just sit down and spend 40 hours a week reading our Bible. And, um, which I would love, like, that's a great job, but. I think we forget that this is an organization like any. There's, there's a lot of things. There's staff to be run. There's facilities to maintain. This is just like a lot of other things. Like, so what I'm, I make that point to say this. I don't do this during work time. I'm not paid to have a relationship with God. That's on me. And it's on each and every one of us. That I'm religious, I religiously attend church weekly because I value corporate worship and the community of the church. Once again, it would easily be say, Caleb, you're paid to come on Sunday. I am now. But there was a lot of years when I wasn't. Even when I was part-time at Howie in the early days, I was Thursday, Friday on my work days, like, and we were doing Friday night youth, Saturday night church, and all day Sunday. We've done this season. I religiously attend church. Why? Because I believe in the corporate worship. I believe in gathering together. I've made great relationships in this place, and, and I've got great friends now where iron sharpens iron, and I've got people in my life that we can discuss further with. I religiously say grace with our family at our dinner table. <laughs> this is a random one, but do you know why? Because I think it's important for us to remain thankful. I think it's important for us to teach our kids to be thankful for what we have. I'm okay to be religious in these things. We religiously give 10% of what we have to God because I'm so grateful for what he's done in my life. And I believe that the local church is the best vehicle for more people to experience what I've experienced. 
are religiously partake in communion, just like Pastor Byron led us in before, and your message, Pastor Byron, tied in great with what I want to say this morning. But I do this because I am in awe of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, and I don't ever want to lose that. I need to be reminded of the liberty that I have because of the cross. Do you? I do. I religiously don't speak badly of the church because I believe that it's the bride of Christ and it would offend me if someone spoke about Kim like that. So what am I saying? (laughs) I'm saying as a church, we're exclusive in what we offer so we can be inclusive in who we offer it to. So what do we offer as a church? I'll tell you what we offer. Forgiveness of sins and healing of brokenness in Jesus Christ. And who can we offer that to? Everyone. I view organized religion like a framework or like formwork. Can I get that screen up, Ella, if that's okay? But have you ever watched like a major construction happening or concreters or have you, have you seen guys do frame, formworkers or doing a big concrete pour? Have you witnessed that? This is kind of the best word picture or picture for my words. Is that still called a word picture? That I can come up with to describe religion for those that are visual learners in the place. The framework is the outside. Have you, maybe you've seen a smaller slab, like a house slab being poured or, or something like that, but they have framework. That's a perimeter around the outside. That sets the boundaries of what they're trying to build. And then on the inside, they have all this formwork that ties it all together so that the concrete won't crack and won't fall apart and all this sort of stuff. This is the framework and the formwork of what I call religion needs to be for us. You see, we start with framework. That's a footprint of what we're building. The boundaries and the perimeters. It's reading our Bible, I believe, forms a framework. It forms a framework that we can see the world through and that we can build our lives upon. The formwork is like the Rio bar and the mesh that's in this photo. It's what ties and holds it all together. It's what stops it from cracking when adversity comes. Have you ever seen, like I said, I used to be a sparky, and some of the houses that we did, especially the speckies, were a bit slapped up. Sorry if you live in one of those homes. But you go in there and they'd be like, they never left time enough for the slab to cure or it was just rushed. And, and brand new homes, I've seen brand new homes have massive cracks in the foundations like, like 15 mil straight through them and they just fill it up and whack carpet over and it's all good for them, not for the future owner. But you see, adversity comes. Movements happen. And I believe that our religion sets framework and formwork that ties it all together so that we can remain strong in our faith. When God moves, we don't crack. When society shifts, we don't fall apart. What about an extension? Have you ever watched someone pour like a slab for a patio or an extension on your house? I've done it before and you, they get a hammer drill and they drill into your existing slab and they smash in like rear bar dowels almost so that they can connect the new slab to the old slab so that you don't get one shifting higher or lower or, or going apart from each other. You may have a fresh revelation and awareness of God. That's great. But don't go and build your own house. <laughs> Tie it into what you already know of God tied into the corporate revelation that we have because I believe there's strength in being connected and grafted in with the body 
of God. We build extensions, not new structures. We know more now than we ever have before. But I feel there's value in attaching it to the main body of religion. And I've seen it so many times that there's like almost like an unfolding revelation of God. What I mean by that is that I've sat in so many times with Pastor Byron and Ann and some of the exec team or pastors at Highway and we've sort of, Pastor Byron and Ann have talked about the vision of church and we're like real excited about it, we're on board and then we get Matt and the team on designing and working on the back end and then like the next week another church launches their vision and it's like, wait a minute, they just stole our scripture. Those Hillsong guys, how did they know we were going to do that? These guys over there, how'd they know? Like, who said that? Who called Planet Shakers and told them we were going to call our vision? There's, an, there's a common revelation, and I believe that God is speaking not just to us individually, but to the body of Christ. That when we tune our ear to him, I think there's a common reality, there's a common voice of God, a common revelation that's unfolding. Does that make sense? I'm, trying to, I'm struggling with words to articulate what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that God speaks to multiple people at the same time, I think God focuses on different things in our world and our society at different times. And there's this common thing, and I want us to be stay grafted into what God's doing corporately because there's great strength in that. And corporately, I don't just mean highway church, I mean the church. Let's build extensions, not new structures. So that was reimagining religion within relationship. The second thing I want to talk about is reimagining religion within our world. Romans 12, 2, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation again. It says this. Stop, inti- stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to, to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I love the way that's written but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how we think. I think we need to reimagine religion within our world, and it happens by changing the way that we think. We need to reform our mind. What we think is so important. Man, the conversations that I have in here sometimes, ridiculous. I need to constantly reform my thinking. What about our hearts? Sometimes we're so driven by what we feel, good or bad. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to reform my heart, what my feelings, my inner being, who I am on the inside. I need the Holy Spirit to reform my eyes. You see what you're looking for? Good, bad, indifferent. Our ears, what, what am I listening for? What am I hearing? If I don't have an ear for God and if I'm not religious about sending out time in my life to do that, it won't happen. All of a sudden, the negative voices around me will get louder and louder because I'm not religious about allowing time and space in my life to hear from God. What about our mouths? I think we need to reform the way that we speak. Our hands, our our actions, the outworking of our religion. There has to be action. That's why James 2 says faith without works is really good because we all do that at times. No, it says faith without works is dead. Religion without practice is dead. Religion without practice is dead. So how does this all tie together? (laughs) We said yes to Jesus, great. 
Along that journey, there's going to become situations where we either slink back, where we don't want to put in the work required to maintain the relationship, which I think is religion, and religion gives us great parameters and boundaries and practices to further our relationship with God. But then when we further our relationship with God, like I said, it becomes who we are, and it's an outworking within our world. What if we religiously loved people? Like, what if it was a non-negotiable in our life? What if that was a practice that we decided, you know what, slats from this day forward, I'm going to love everyone that comes into my path? Man, that's hard. <laughs> it sounds great. It's easy to throw from a platform, you know. That's easy to say it, but when I, that, that actually hurts. That is hard work. Have you tried that recently? But you know what? It's good for us. And I'm going to be religiously tried to love people more the way that Christ loves me. What if we were religiously generous? Once again, easy to say, but a challenge for our flesh. James 1.26, once again, the passion translation, I'm loving it at the moment. If someone believes that he has a relationship with God, but fails to guard their words, then their heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. True spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the life of the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. True spirituality is making a difference in the lives of the people in our world that are less than us. And to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values, our religion sets us apart that we have a different value system to what we used to. As I was preparing this message, I was reminded of this song, and the song's called The World You Want. It's like John Foreman wrote it. He's like the front man of like Switchfoot, and I used to love him when I was younger. And the, the, I'll just read you some of these lyrics because it's pretty cool what he says. He says, what I said, the title's The World You Want. He writes these lyrics. What you say is your religion. How you say it is your religion. Who you love is your religion. How you love is your religion. All your science, your religion. All your hatred, your religion. All your wars are your religion. Every breath is your religion. Is this the world you want? Is this the world you want? You're making it. Every day you're alive. Is this the world you want? Is this the world you want? You're making it. Every day you're alive. You change the world. You change the world. Every day you're alive. I wonder what it would look like if Highway was a church, if we were believers, that weren't just experiencing God corporately like this, although I'm all for that and I love it, but that we were disciplined enough in our private life, in our personal relationship with God to set up boundaries and practices that reform the way that we think, which would transform our world. There was this Instagram video that Kim tagged, or Kim showed me this week, and I didn't plan to talk about this. She's giving me that look like, don't bring that up. <laughs> but this comedian did like a parody of the Gold Coast, and there comes up these like pop-up banners of all the different suburbs. And, um, you know, it's like Broad Beach or, you know, Surfer's Paradise, you know, and, and it's like a, they're, they're ripping the Gold Coast, you know. And then Ormo thing comes up, <laughs> and he says, how much are you praying, young man? 
Like, all the rest are like, can I get a hit? Like, just give me your shoes. Like, it's like rough, like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And Ormo comes up and it's like, how much are you praying, young man? All the rest were talking about the Gold Coast lifestyle, what car you drive, what drugs you take, all this sort of wild stuff. And Ormo comes up and says, how much are you praying, young man? Do you know what? We own that. If you're joining online, maybe you've never been to Ormo here. There's people that are watching online that have never been to our church here. But we own Ormo. (laughs) This is who we are because we have a corporate gathering here that are this, that are believers in Christ and majority of our church lives local so we can transform our world because of our faith in the parameters of religion in a relationship with Jesus. We've changed it. And I believe we're going to continue to expand and expand and have an influence in our culture here. I'm blown away. How did this guy, this comedian from Sydney, is that the first thing he Googled? I don't know. Did he find Dan on the news that time when Highway Youth made it on the news? I'm not sure what they found. But I believe that we can transform our community with our relationship with God in the parameters of religion and corporately worshiping God together. Can I pray? And then we're going to worship. Hey, God, I just lift you up in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about today God, that it would remain. God, that it wouldn't just be a message that stayed in this time and space, but God, I pray, Lord, that it would go beyond this room. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged to seek you more and to set up boundaries and perimeters in our life that we could experience and grow in you. And God, I pray that the result, God, would be fruit for your kingdom. God, we are your people, and we desire to be used by you to bless our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand and worship together?